Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Inside OU Podcast. And first of all, just wanted to apologize for this podcast dropping much later than usual. As you'll find out in the podcast, I had to bartend at Vanessa's house. So basically, anytime my friends at Vanessa need some help, I'll pitch in when I can. I had to pitch in for them yesterday. So you'll see or hear, excuse me, Ryan Chapman fill in for me from SICeners.com as well as my buddy at 107.7, the franchise. He's been on a few times. Follow him on Twitter at Radio's Ryan. Ryan is a rising star in the OU media scene. Not just saying that because he's my friend, but he's mainly my friend because he does such a great job. I like surrounding myself with smart people. Uh, just be an OU media hipster and follow somebody before they get that blue check mark. So just do yourself a favor. But I feel like recording a little message before we got going with the podcast. And of course, for all the Inside OU listeners who are only OU football fans, Ryan and Keegan talk about football on this podcast coming up. But of course, the big news yesterday, literally about an hour before Ryan and Keegan got to Vanessa to record the show, it just kind of took precedent on the show. That is, of course, the retirement announcement of head coach Long Kruger. Now, I felt compelled to record a message before the show just because, you know, like I've been critical, to say the least, of Long Kruger and the basketball program for the last two years mainly. Now, I just want to put some things down, like I've done before with Bob Stoops. I do not hate Long Kruger. (laughs) I do not hate him one bit. I think he's an incredibly kind person. And I've actually had the chance to meet him a few times, both professionally and, you know, just out and about in town around Norman. And everything you've seen and heard and read from media members who've had a long experience with, long history with Lon Kruger to those who have covered him only during his time at OU, they're all true. Lon is just an incredibly uh, encouraging person, very easy to talk to. He understands that, yeah, I'm, I'm Lon Kruger, so people are going to want autographs or pictures. Like, he, he will humor you. And he is all about that part of the process of being college basketball head coach. So, again, great, phenomenal human being. And I watched his exit presser, and it did strike a chord. The guy is a good coach and an even better person. Now, I put this on a post on our Through the Keyhole Patreon last Monday. The whole hashtag mow the lawn thing initially started in jest. I think they probably lost, you know, what you know it, in Manhattan to Kansas State. I was upset (laughs) and just tweeted it out. And that's how that started. And it somewhat caught caught on with some people. But the more that I thought about it, the more that I saw parallels with Bob's final years with the football program. Now, as a fan of any team or sport, you know I have a problem when it becomes apparent that a ceiling has been reached. And every team or program has a different standard. You know, OU football should shoot for a national title or two every decade. Now, of course, things can get in that get in the way of that. You can have a bad head coach. You can, you know, be in the 90s. You can have some unfortunate injury luck in 2008. Or you could just be existing during a time where Alabama has the greatest college football dynasty in history. Sometimes things come about to keep you from your standard, but you just look at the numbers, you look at the history, and you especially look at the resources that Oklahoma has at their disposal. A national title or two every decade should not be out of the question. OU basketball, also according to history, not as illustrious as OU football, of course, not as many resources as OU football, but a few Sweet 16 runs with different squads in a decade, I don't feel that's too much to ask for and once you feel that a ceiling with a head coach has been reached and that ceiling falls under whatever standard for whatever team you're talking about that's when I feel like it's time to move on 
And so going back to the Bob thing, for just for example, after 2014, I just knew deep down, like in, in my OU fan heart, that we weren't going to win another national title with Bob as the head coach. And so as a result, I wanted him to retire because I'm just thinking, well, the standard at OU is national championships. If I feel like a national championship cannot be attained, what is the point here? And I understand the gravity of that. If Bob retired when I just simply wanted him to, does that mean that the next head coach is going to be as good, almost as good, worse, better? I don't know. For all we know, he could have been much worse because Bob is one of the best coaches of the last 30 years in college football. Unfortunately, OU had Lincoln Riley to hand the keys off to. And of course, Bob played a part in that as well. He hired him. And once Buddy graduated and went off to the NBA in 2016 after that Final Four run, I sensed a similar ceiling with basketball in the, in the following seasons. Attendance was dropping, talent levels were dropping, missing on recruits, and guys that we thought were going to be fairly good just weren't developing like we thought they might. So you think of guys like Christian James, Christian Doolittle, Brady Mank, and I know that there are other reasons. It's not just Long Kruger. I mean, Trey Young played a, <laughs> a part in Christian Doolittle. But there's just a lot of guys who had talent that just didn't reach in my mind, their ceilings. Now, again, Lon is a great person. I, I'm not going to sit here and shake my pom-poms because he's he's retiring. I, I'm happy and excited for the future, no doubt. I'm not going to lie about that. And I'm happy and excited that OU now finally has a chance to chase after whoever the next good head coach at OU, for OU basketball can be. Can it be the next guy? I don't know. Can it be the guy after him? Maybe. I don't know. But it's just fun to have that optimism. I just feel like OU basketball had reached a peak with Lon Kruger and then him simply staying for another two seasons because I think his contract was actually up in 2024. If you know you're not going to hit your standards of multiple Sweet 16 runs with different squads in a 10-year or so time period, then again, what's the point? It's a double-edged sword, I understand, because just like going back to football because that's the easiest way to bring this point home. If Bob retired when I wanted him to in 2014 or so, then for all I know, oh, you could have hired somebody like Bo Pelini as head coach. Guy who can win, but not at the, not near the standard of Oklahoma football and not even near the standard of Bob Stoops. And so, yes, I understand that you're taking a risk when you are asking a very successful head coach to retire. The next guy could be worse, much worse. But that next guy won't have such a loyalty pull with the program if he does not get the program to where it needs to be in two, three, or even four years, that dude's gone. And then OU continues its search. And with OU football, OU will find their guy. Oklahoma football is a destination job. It took OU three coaches between Switzer to find Bob Stoops. It took OU a handful of coaches between Bud Wilkinson to eventually find Barry Switzer. OU basketball, in its ancient history, was rather successful. Then they went on about a 25-year hiatus from the tournament. And then, of course, Billy Tubbs, Icon handed the keys off to Kelvin Sampson, and Jeff Capel was saved purely by having Blake Griffin, and then, of course, Lon Kruger. And I guess the last thing on Lon is it's important to look at why he was initially hired. I mean, these are Joe Castiglione's words. They're not mine. But Joe begged him to come to Oklahoma. The main reason why was because Jeff Capel had sunk the program to such a low extent. Respect was leaving the program. The wins, of course, were leaving the program. Jeff Capel brought in dudes who were not only bad basketball players, but were <laughs> not being good student athletes, to say the least. And so something was needed to course correct the program. And Lon is perfect for that. He brought respect back to the program, even in his first few seasons, and instilled some discipline. Now, 
I don't like throwing out arbitrary numbers. I covered Russell Westbrook for <laughs> three seasons, so I promise I, I don't like doing it, but it is to further a point here. Long Kruger won 195 games as the head coach at OU. If you take away Buddy Heald's junior and senior seasons, that's 53 wins. That's over one-fourth of that 195 win total. Now, if you also take away Buddy Heald's entire career, that's nearly 50% of his 195 wins. Now, why is it silly to bring that up? Well, because, of course, Long Kruger played a large role, large part, in developing Buddy Heald into what he became. Could Buddy Heald have become Buddy Heald at a different school? I believe Kansas was the other option for Buddy coming out of high school. And as a student at OU at the time, I was a sophomore when Buddy Heald was a freshman. Watching those teams from when he was a freshman and sophomore, it was so apparent that there is talent here, but I'm so glad that they're playing a lot because it's going to pay dividends if this team stays together with Isaiah Cousins, Jordan Woodard, Ryan Spangler, all those guys. And fortunately, they did. Now, if Buddy Heal goes to Kansas or a different school, does he get all those opportunities as a freshman and sophomore? Probably not at Kansas, just because Kansas has more talent year in and year out than Oklahoma does. So players like Buddy Heald, who may not be as ready for a school like Kansas coming out of high school, can get a lot of minutes on the floor as a young player. And it helped Buddy Heald in his career course. So yes, no doubt Long Kruger and the advantage of being Oklahoma helped out with Buddy Heald, but if you just take away 50%, nearly 50% of his wins, is Long Kruger here for 10 years? I don't think so. I really don't think so. And all that, that it's done, it's just delayed the inevitable of Long Kruger retiring and OU searching for their next head coach. I don't know who it's going to be. I have some ideas, but Ryan and Keegan get into a few names, so if you're interested in that, just keep listening. And once again, thank you so much for listening to the Inside OU podcast. Thank you to Ryan Chapman for filling in. Thank you to Vanessa House for taking good care of us. And thank you all for listening to my little soliloquy on Long Kruger. So let's get on with the show. Welcome into another Inside OU podcast. It's on Thursdays, and that means we are out at Vanessa House. They are about to get going with the Bingo Bango Songo, basically Singo. That's on every Thursday at 7 o'clock. It's basically you have a bingo sheet. It has songs on it. You mark it off whenever the song is played. You win. You get some beer, whatever it may be. Um, some prizes here at Vanessa House. You drink. You have a good time. The beer is good. No, the voice you are hearing is not the lovely Brady Trantham. It's it a is, better voice. Eh, it's a little bit different. It's not as soft. It's a voice I enjoy more. Well, I don't have the hair, so I've already got that going against me. But Brady is behind the bar. I'm looking at Mr. Ryan Chapman. This is Keegan Renault. That is uh Hi Keegan. We're what how do I say this? I mean we are in the final stretches here. We are down the home stretch in my world. I can't wait to talk to you guys about it. I I think we're gonna have a and talk about it on the on the podcast whenever it all goes down. And it's been a stressful last two to three, four weeks that I've talked about a lot, but it's been crazy. Um, but times are uh, times are times are getting going to be a lot better. Things are going to be a lot better here um, rather quickly in my world. But we are at Vanessa House. He is having 
a Battle Boats, which is what? It's the uh, new IPA. I believe it's their double New England IPA. There we go. And I've got my the uh, Cerveza. We always joke about this, and I say it every time. Like, I think it's a funny joke or something. But, Ryan, like, why do we call it a Cerveza, right? So cerveza just means beer. Yeah. Right? You know? Anyways. Regardless. Uh, hey, we're and, at and you know what? That Cerveza, I bet it tastes a little bit better today. It does, because it does taste. It's nice and warm out. They've got the garage door open. It is gorgeous. Got a couple groups here right now at 5.57, almost 6 o'clock here in Oklahoma City. Um, we are at 8th in Broadway, Northwest 8th in Broadway at Vanessa House Brewing Company. I'm glad you know that because I don't. I just know how to get here and where to find the good beer. See, I, see, that's my response is I know that because I know we're going to have to say it a lot. So I've got to memorize like the first time, like the fir- when we did the podcast that yeah. first time, right? We talked, we, we said it like, it up. Yeah. we did it like, we said it like six to eight times just in case we ever forgot it. But it's because Vanessa House is that great. Vanessa House has been awesome. They've treated us great. Um, and we have spring football. Um, we'll be getting into that um, just a little bit. Um, but I, I guess I was going to ask Brady this. But he'll hear this whenever this gets done. So the first thing that we typically do is we get into a trivia question. Hey, hey anybody listening, if you want to sponsor that? I know Brady's going to be like, Keegan, what are you doing? Anybody want to sponsor the trivia question part of this podcast? Yeah, do hey, it. Jeopardy. Do it. Jeopardy. Je- dude, it's great. But here's the kicker here. Was this one that, like, I may th- I'm going to think of a more difficult one that I'm going to have Brady think on for the next week, and he's going to have to send me a text message. With the answer before he looks it up, it's going to be a, he's going to have to do it. I'll spit. We'll do a spit handshake. We'll blood cut. Yeah, blood brothers. For blood brothers. We'll 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 take care of that. So that's what I'll do is I'll come up with a question. So by the end of the podcast, that will be a little more difficult. So you may have to look it up at home. If you look it up and send it to me, I don't have a prize for you, but it'd be pretty cool if you did. Uh, maybe I will after this weekend. Who knows? Um, but we'll, we'll do it that way to where Brady will hear this, hear the question at the end. Because um, I had one that was a little more OU basketball-centric. But since after the next podcast, the next Thursday that we'll do will be more football-centric, I would assume, unless the new basketball coach is hired. <coughs> uh, and uh, and, and uh, we'll be getting into um, all of that. We got to talk about a little bit more of Lincoln Riley talked about the other day. We, we had a podcast on Tuesday where I know that you listened to. Did yes. you did you listen to the fake quote I said Lincoln would say? Yes, I was did. Was it almost exactly what he said? It was almost verbatim, uh, minus the part where he's been released. released. I was close. Close. You got close. It was so close. No so we'll, cigar. No we'll, cigar. We'll be getting into that. We'll be getting into uh, Spencer Rattler uh, and what some of the things that he said um, during his press conference setting. And uh, Mr. Ryan Chapman's been a little bit more busy, I'm kidding, than me. Well, no, he has, but... Well, still dri- kidding. Driving wise, still kidding. But regardless, I uh, he he was down in Dallas a couple weeks ago at a camp that I he knows that I would have loved to have been at. Um, I can't wait to get back out in some of those events. Whether you know this time it's going to be up in the stands opposed to being on the field, but I wouldn't even mind going down and seeing the sights and sounds of these things. Because you uh, road trip with me this weekend. Where are you going? Houston for Elite eleven. Elite eleven. Yeah. Who's gonna is who is there anybody there that's performing? Uh, rosters haven't been released yet. But so you're just going to be there. Yeah. We're heading on down. Check out the lay of the land. So that'll be on uh, SISooners.com over the, over the weekend with John Hoover and uh, Ryan yes. Chapman, uh, who do a great job. Well, John does a great job. They bo- both of you guys do a 
great job. Brady tells me on the notes, too. I asked him about this, and he kept walking, right? So you <laughs> heard me ask this. I don't know what he means by tell people to follow the pod, not subscribe. What, I, does, is there something I'm missing here? Do we have a Twitter account that I'm unaware of? I, I'm not aware. I, there's one on Facebook. I know there's a Facebook. There's a li- that's a like the page situation, oh, not a follow. Oh, that's true. So I don't that's know. That's where we're the mix of. So we have a Facebook page. I believe it's through the keyhole. I don't believe it's inside OU, which is our Patreon page. Um, and uh, you can do that, and you can also do come to and go to the Patreon and do what we do for stuff that's behind the scenes. Uh, we'll be getting into a little bit of stuff, some of the stuff that we knew this week. Um, kind of ahead of everyone, which is, which, I like as I told you, Ryan, before, I didn't want to be the one that got ridiculed for it. But with all that being said, um, we are still at Vanessa House. They have Bingo, Bango, Songo. If you don't know, basically Singo. If anybody that's a Norman that's been to Ocon's or been to any other place, I asked Brady, have you been to Singo at Ocon's? Yes, of yes, course. right. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Okay, for sure. So that's what it look like it is. It's bingo. You you got loud you know music. Um, you know you're marking out the spots where the songs that are playing above your head and in your ears is at, and obviously the cold beer of Vanessa House, yes. which is what I love. I've got a destination wedding. He's got a battle boats. I love my destination wedding, especially on days like today where the garage is open. It's beautiful in here, um, and get all that. But I did tell Ryan and I told Brady, and they allowed me to do this. So this is what's going to be great is that I am unfortunately going to be putting Mr. Ryan Chapman uh, in a compromised position, but I'm going to leave it to where he's not going to have to answer anything. I appreciate this. So we're at a point to where we have people that aren't journalists that are commenting on journalists. We have people that are not catching up to the times at all. And I don't mind if we air everything out in the public forum at all. I don't. I don't mind that. But here's the, here's the issue. Here's where we're at. And I think people need to hear this from someone that's been in there and been in these situations and knows every side of this thing up and down. I've been a part of the clickbait BS. Trust me, I heard about it. I fought it. I probably was going to get fired for it. Who knows? Um, I've been there. I've been on the other side. been at the student newspaper with George Stoyad where we did all we did was really good work. Um, nothing, nothing too crazy in terms of the clickbait stuff. Um, I've been in all these situations. It's, it's, we're at a point, Mr. Chapman, to where, like, fans in our audiences, so people that follow me, with I don't talk about this often, but a pretty big following, people that follow you, that follow Hoover, that follow Carrie and Eddie and Bob and uh, Garen and Eric and Ryan and all these guys, and all of you guys do fantastic work. Um, you know, and OU Insider guys, any anybody who's uh, who's all doing this. Now we're making it like about these guys' coverage out in public. Like I don't mind that, but why are we discouraging young journalists to go and do something that's going to elevate them in this business? Now, I understand if the argument is, oh, there's got to be, you know, there's proper channels to go and do this, right? Like, there's proper this. Not really. We're at a crisis in our industry, people. Like, we got journalists, we're coming out of a pandemic, and I would have to believe it was a couple weeks ago or a month ago, I saw a major company had major layoffs. Could have been ESPN is the one I was looking back on. Um, 
So we're at, why are we discouraging young journalists like, you know, talking crap on the student newspaper to you or what you guys do at SI Sooners or what people are doing at, you know, Sooners Wire, whether I like it or not. Here's the thing. These companies, all they want is for you, like, preferably, let's say for even Ryan's website, they're probably behind their ears thinking, man, I wish they did more clickbait. I wish they did more than they do right now. I can tell you with my website at Sooners Wire, it was, why aren't you doing more? Why aren't you doing more? Why aren't you doing more? So that's what I'm saying is, like, lay off. Just if we all need to understand how everybody in the workspace has to work, can I sit here and make fun of the questions that are being asked? Absolutely. But let's just stop talking about each other, people. Let's just stop. There's no reason to discourage. And then on to the comment about today, like, no, okay, n whoever was going to be the guy that broke the Long Kruger thing was going to be the guy that did it. I, we could have done it on Tuesday. Wednesday, really, sorry. We could have done it yesterday. We didn't. We didn't say anything. We talked to some of the people in the media, let them know maybe kind of what we're knowing. Um, but here's the thing, like, if you go back to the Bob Stoops thing, you know, we had people that were asked to sit on a story, correct? So there were some people that didn't, that didn't sit on it. But guess what? Uh, but guess what? Is that it's the journalist's job to report the news, and that's breaking news. There's the integrity, and if I was that person that was sitting on with Carrie, like sitting on Bob's thing, I would have been said, Bob. Like, you know, I can't, like, not hold on to this for so long. Like, I may have to get a timeline to do it, whatever. And if this gets back to anybody, and my f everybody has my phone number, they can call me, DM me, whatever. But it's just we're at a sad point in society to where people that follow me, people that follow Ryan, people that follow Brady, people that follow all these journalists, they're seeing us bickering about each other about our jobs. What young people, whenever they see a working environment that's like that, want to go do that job, want to be that person that's in there asking those questions, you don't know if there's another person on that Zoom call that, you know, that is, you know at this point that everybody's making fun of each other. Like, it's, it's ridiculous. It's a toxic work environment. My rant is over, but I just don't, I'm sick and tired of seeing this crap to where, like, everybody's got to comment on how the, each journalist is doing their job and just let everybody do their job. If you want to talk about it, as a young kid, if they would have pulled me aside and said, hey, like, this is the direction of where the industry is going, like, you shouldn't go down that path. They didn't have to tell me that. But you could have gone down that path here. We're going to talk to you behind the scenes. We're going to help you with your stories. We're going to do this. We're encouraging people to go into this industry. People are being discouraged. And that's my biggest complaint. I understand if you're not, you know, the whole times are changing, Ryan. Times are changing. Like, you know, I'm not doing journalism anymore, but I'm on a podcast. Why? Because we entertain, we, we have good information, we have good analysis, we have this, we have that. So it's times are changing. My rant's over. So we're going to get right into it. I know it says link the Lincoln Riley Presser in the trivia question, um, but the first thing we are going to get into is we have major breaking news today, Mr. Ryan Chapman. Crazy day in uh, OU land, huh? Literally nuts. Just I'm glad I'm new. I always say I'm glad I was aware. Yeah. Very uh, glad I was aware. Uh, glad that uh, we had some heads up, at least, to, to get some stuff moving in the right direction, as opposed to... Sorry I didn't give you all a heads up. Hey, it's okay. We got there eventually. Every, yeah. Everybody got there eventually. We all moved in the same direction, and uh, Brady got his wish. Is, is this the... 
uh, ironic that the the biggest day for Brady to celebrate since uh, the Bob news, he's having to work uh, behind the bar. Let's not. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't think Brady like deep down really feels that way, right? Like he can't. Like I he, know it's. He gave a hearty fist pump when I saw him earlier. He did say I was going to bring into the podcast and say instead of like the Inside OU podcast. Like, this is the Mow the Lawn edition of the Inside OU podcast, but I have a little more. No, I'm kidding. I'm not. I'm Brady Shirley has respect for Lawn, but yes, Lawn Kruger has retired. It's been 10 seasons. They go to one Final Four. He has two NBA top 10 picks. They went to the NCAA tournament nine, or it would be eight of t- nine of 10 years if there wasn't for COVID, I believe. It would have been uh, eight of 10. Eight of 10. The, they had seven tournament appearances, would have been eight. Technically, when they announced the field of the canceled tournament from last year, so you have a Wooden Award winner that's also on the among the top ten picks that are in the NBA. You have Buddy Heald, Trey Young. Uh, one, I want to get into memories first because I have some fond memories of the obviously Blake Griffin era, which was great, right? But damn it. I've said this, and the people are going to be like, Keegan, you shouldn't be saying this right now. But, like, it was hard to not be a fan of that basketball team. Yes. That Buddy Heald Final Four run, that four years, the whole four years, um, were a treat. So what, what, what was it? What is it about the Kruger era for you? What, is, what comes back to your mind? Yeah, I think it was actually the year before the Final Four run when they made their Sweet 16 run, that kind of little breakthrough because maybe you didn't have the expectation of this team needs to take that next step. It was these guys are so young. They're about as homegrown as it gets in college basketball these days as far as just bringing in some guys that weren't super highly touted, developing, things like that, seeing that the whole thing come together and realizing that the next 12 months could be truly special. I remember um, – one of my favorite memories inside the Lloyd Noble Center is I was literally sitting on the top row for Buddy's uh, block against Texas. Okay, yeah. So that was that was awesome. And then just uh, OU basketball was the what first. What was better in that game, the block or the three? Uh, the three was awesome, but I'm a defense guy. So yeah, give me the block. I understand that. I understand that. Give me the block. But, uh, like, for me, selfishly, personally, it's not the sexiest thing. But, like, Oklahoma basketball was the first beat that I covered. Correct. And so uh, Lon Kruger. A little partial to Lon, yes. Yeah, so Lon Kruger, he's just one of those guys that, like, there are a lot of guys that they're a coach, a basketball coach, but they're going to coach young people through, like, every aspect of life. So there's been plenty of times where Lon knows I asked a bad question. I know I asked a bad question in the moment. And Lon understands what I meant to say, and he worked, and, like, he would oh, work But he'll let you know. He'll. That's my favorite part about Lon. Yeah. Is that he will, like, I remember asking a question one time, and I said, I was like, you said a couple weeks ago, you're, like, something along the lines is like, I was like, you said a couple weeks ago this, 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 and then, like, asked my question. And his response was like, well, no, if I did say that, Right, and I was like, "Oh shit!" Yeah, like, "Oh no!" Yeah, I was like, "Oh, did I did I mess this up? Like, did I not say this quote right?" So I go back and check, and I did say it wrong. So like, he politely was like, "Well, if, you know, if I did say that, it's like, oh, well, like, yeah." But mm. he'll he'll then go through and it's great, and that he's always insightful. Yeah, he he always is like willing to just shoot from the hip because he's one of those guys that you know, uh, open practices all this stuff. He's like, "I've been doing this for forty years. I have nothing to hide." But uh, just his ability to, to work with everyone, work through everyone. He was just a joy. And, and he's just one of those guys that's easy to root for. 
So that that's why I understand the stagnation of the program, some of the frustration, some of the same mistakes as far as like not having a, a big that could even let OU compete with Gonzaga because of what Timmy did down the like I get that. I just don't get some of the vitriol. I'm not saying it's come from I know everyone's going to point toward Brady. I don't think there's actually. I mean, there's vitriol. part of it there. I mean, well, we disagree. Like, like no, I, I feel I, that way. You could just, it's okay. No, it's like we disagree. I don't think he holds, like, this hate in his sure. heart. I feel like some people on Twitter ran with that and did have a hate in their heart for Lon Kruger, and I just don't get how you can have that. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Um, you know, I've been able to kind of get some intel over the last 72 hours that, you know, a lot of things that I was unaware of. But I think at the end of the day, you know, you go through this timeline, like, you know, was was going to retire after Trey Young's second year. Didn't happen. Right. Uh, was going to retire after last season, from what I understand. COVID happens. Okay, got to ru- have to run it back, right? Right. Then it kind of starts shaping up, and, you know, uh, Lou Hill passes away. Then his son gets the job at UNLV. He just bought a $3 million luxury house. I don't know if I said that loud enough for people to hear, so I'll say it again. He got a $3 million luxury house in Las Vegas two months ago. We should have seen this coming two months ago, Ryan. Anyways, regardless, uh, I there's a, there's a lot pointing out that this was coming um, in terms of the information I was hearing. I didn't know until yesterday afternoon-ish. Whenever it was, you know, their typical end of the season meeting was over, and then Lon obviously then started having more conversations with people. Um, so, but what I'll say, um, let's get a little background info out there, which is what we typically do um, on this. So, Lon, uh, you know, I I think Oklahoma is going to move quickly here. I don't know what if you've heard anything, Ryan, but I'm under the impression that this is going to get this is going to be fairly quick. So, it's going to be next week, next two weeks. Um, next three weeks. Uh, it sounds like the last month they've been working on something in some regard. Um, so it makes a lot of sense kind of on the things you hear about the team this year, the last month. Um, I'm sure now that you've covered the team, you've heard a little bit. Yes. Um, makes sense, right? Checks all of everything that you've I've heard in the last 72 hours to what you know about, what we know kind of about the operational side of the program the last month and a half or so. Um, it all checks out. But at the end of the day, you're talking about a guy that's 68 years old. He's taking uh, – you'll have to correct me, fact-check fact, fact check me on this one. I should guess I should pull the release up like a good journalist would. Um, you have to fact-check me. F- four Final Fours, five Final Fours. Five teams to the NCAA tournament. Okay. How many Final Fours? I believe it's two. Two Final Fours. Two, I thought he's Two taken, teams to the Final Four. I he, thought he, he took, took four to different um, – Man, I mean, this is like, really going to frustrate that I didn't sure know this. I'm pretty sure it's two teams, three Final Fours. Mm-hmm. That he took Florida twice and Oklahoma in 16. Yeah, so it's, I, sh- it's I should I should have the see. You feel bad. I feel I wrote the story. Yeah, two NCAA Final Fours, one in '94, 2016, from the great source here, Wikipedia. Always you can always trust it. Um, he, like you said, has taken every program I believe, but maybe besides one to the NCAA Texas tournament. Texas Pan American, yeah, yeah kind of hard to do that there. Uh, is Texas Pan American. What is the uh, name of that school now? I don't know. Come on, you you should be better than this. Maybe I'll do this as a trivia question. There's the trivia question. Is it is it one of the directionals? Well, now? Wait, wait a second. All right, we have our trivia question okay. for the week. I am going Beautiful. to go. I'm going to break in during the middle of this. We'll get back into lawn, but. For those that Lon Kruger coached 
at the I, f- I figured that you would know this and we would just say well I wouldn't have to use this because it's going to be a week from now but uh, <laughs> Texas Pan American is where Long Kruger first coached that was his first head coaching job correct yes that is now the name of a new school what is the name of the new school and that's going to drive you nuts Ryan Chapman and I will it let is. it drive you nuts until you get done with this podcast and we talk about it um, but that will be your trivia question Brady You'll have to text it to me whenever we get when we get it. He's waving at us like he knows what we're saying, but he doesn't know what we're saying. So I may have to say this louder. No, he doesn't. Anyways, regardless, <laughs> um, I uh, that will be the trivia question for next week. Okay, back to Kruger. Um, let's just say this, and I'll ask you this. The biggest thing, and this is from a basketball perspective here, and you got to cover him this year, last year. You got to cover him two yes, years? Yes, two years. Two years. I think, you know, I got to cover the Trey Young team was my year. So was a little bit blessed there. But also right. at the same time, too, got to learn a lot because they had the struggle that they had. So we kind of got to go through it with everybody. Um, but it says something about a coach kind of as a person as well that at the end of the games, that no matter what, he rolled the ball out to his best player and he said, go win us a game whether it get him in a pick-and-roll good matchup, um, whether it be a one-on-one with Buddy, whether it be Trey Young, whether it be Jordan Woodard, whether it be Romero Osby, whether it be Isaiah Cousins against LSU, uh, whoever it may be, he was rolling the ball out to his best player. There was a lot of trust there from the coach to the player to the relationship that they've built, the foundation they've built for the program. And I think that part of that side of it is the NBA side of lawn that he understands that that's how he won at the NBA level. That's how people win is in matchups. So um, I think it's a lot to say about a guy that has been willing to do that, not just what we've saw, but if you go up through his old teams, I mean, he had the, one of the greatest busts in the history of busts in the NBA draft when uh, Anthony Bennett from Cle- that went to Cleveland. Um, but same thing there. You watch that team. It was just, all right, Anthony, go win us a ball game. Like, there, there's a lot of trust there. Now, people may say, well, Keegan, that's bad offense. I mean, I was talking to a guy last weekend that's played in college, um, was asking him about all this stuff. And it's like, it's like, man, like, if my coach did that, like, the trust, the, you know, the trust that I would have between him and I would be great. Like, if we'd have such a good relationship and this and that. So, I think it says a lot about a guy that would do that. Yeah, I, I just think that I do understand the frustration of you can still get the ball into the hands of your best player. It doesn't have to all be done the same way, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I do understand the frustration because I was someone that was saying, I would just like to see, and this evaporated in the tournament, obviously, because of Davion Harmon's untimely illness. I'm just like, I think there's a method and a way that you can still put the ball in Austin Reeves' hands. It doesn't necessarily have to start there initially, and you, you can just put some more stress on the defense, even though everyone knows where the ball is going to end up going because you're forcing college kids into decisions playing college basketball, which not everyone's going to make the right right call. They don't make the right call all the time in the NBA. That's ex- uh, you know blown up a little bit, and uh, you, you put a bigger microscope on things at the college level. So that would be the only thing. Like, But I, I still think that... Like, through all that, I'm still – I was like, yes, Austin Reeves needs to have the ball in his hands. Yeah, it's like, just, it's just that's the what I'll say. That, is like, like, I watched Davion – I'll say this. I was like, I, I would watch with Davion Harmon this year, and I think Oklahoma's – again, I, I think there's a reasons why they're making a quick 
higher here in the next couple weeks because of the portal, because of the roster. I mean, I've heard we're talking maybe full turnover. If yeah. they, if this goes one direction, not saying like coaching-wise goes one direction, but if this path, like if, if this goes down the path, there's a pathway here that could lead to full roster turnover. Well, especially in college basketball. Because, yeah, for sure. Because we talk about football, the portal, things like that. Um, unless you're talking about the quarterback position or an already loaded roster that's one piece away, one guy coming in and the impact that one guy can make in basketball versus college football, like that's just amplified. So you talk about um, any number of players that might have seen the bench shorten for them toward the end of the year, things like that, get frustrated. Yeah, it's a lot easier to say, yeah, we'll go find somewhere else and I can be a dude somewhere. So it makes a lot of sense that you don't want this to be a long drawn out process you don't want to interview 30 candidates you want to have your short list and you want to pursue them aggressively and so it's going to be interesting uh the direction of kind of where where we're going here and i i again i made a joke earlier kind of on twitter that wasn't a joke that was more of if people read the tweet and picked up on what i was saying they would know what i'm after a gif i sent out earlier today what i'm talking about uh, but you have to lay everything out to people these days on Twitter.com. Look, puzzling has taken a big dip with this last couple of well, generations. Buy the fucking dip. Mark that, Brady. <laughs> uh, see, I hate to say all I'm saying right now and then for us not to talk about coaching candidates, but I, I, I'm, I'm with, I will say this. It's interesting, which should go. So whenever Lon was talking to Joe C about last year being his final year, right? Well, Crutchfield was a part of that conversation. We know about potentially, you know, no one to know if he wanted to be a head coach. And uh, obviously that didn't go in that direction. Crutchfield's now the head coach at East Central um, down in Ada. So with that being said, the other guy that Oklahoma was getting feelers on, which should come no surprise to anybody, was Qantas White, which is now an assistant down on Kelvin Sampson's staff that a lot of Oklahoma people love them some Qantas Quantus White. I uh, love me some Quantus White, Keegan. Uh, you do? I do. Love I don't remember. I see. White. He. I, he's one I don't remember. And I, I know people are going to be like Keegan. No, that's the that's the front end of my memory. Like I have college basketball memories before I have college football memories. I don't know why it all worked out that way. See, now I'm seeing a picture of him. See, I remember which is the next guy I was going to bring up, which is Hollis Price, is another popular name. Now that I'm seeing who Quantus White looks like from back in college, I know who this is. He does not look like who what he looked like in college. Correct. Yes. The cornrows, because he could shoot. I remember that now. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, Qantas White's one of them. Um, Hollis Price is another popular name. Uh, let's say, I was going to jokingly say Pete Golding on this podcast, <laughs> but I forgot that it was Brady. Um, I forgot his first name, but the guy at Alpine Christian, guy at Oral Roberts. I saw a tweet today. Do you, uh, you see the Mark Turgeon stuff today? That was uh-uh. people connecting him to Oklahoma. No. So we had three huge, uh, I believe Borzello, okay. Goodman, and someone else all like brought up Turgeon, Mark Turgeon, the current coach of Maryland, Oklahoma, and like the word, you know, like what the word out of Maryland is on that deal, right? No. Like Maryland wants Mark Turgeon to leave. Right. So. Someone put out on Twitter, like, like oh, put hey. screenshots of like, all three of them, and it's like, man, how bad does Mark Turgeon want to leave Maryland? <laughs> uh, I have a question. Is is Mike Boynton a candidate yet? 
No, Mike Boynton is it, but Mike Boynton is interesting. Amongst all this stuff, you hear some interesting stuff this week, which is, there's a lot. Um, little don't I don't I'm not trying here to full Dan Patrick show this and say pull out stuff that I'm not you know completely known of, but like the coaching turnover in this conference could be real. Yes, like, real. I'm talking every program's on alert right now, besides yeah. Baylor. Baylor, Scott Drew and Baylor is fine, but uh, and he, Huggins at Huggins at West Virginia. But, okay, I'm talking Texas, Texas Tech, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Kansas State, Kansas. Like, we'll see what happens over the next couple months or so. Everything's gonna be crazy this college basketball offseason. I will continue after Mark Turgeon. I thought I thought it'd be funny if you saw that. Some people were like, "Man, how does?" Mark Turgeon, how how much does he want to get out of there? He's reaching out to these. He's, he's like, reaching out to, or his agent is, two journalists to put him on names for candidate lists. D- uh, is Winthrop hiring? I hear that because their coach just went to what Coastal Carolina or whatever. Oh, I have no clue. Yeah, I think that Winthrop's coach just randomly went to Coastal Carolina. Maybe he needs to work into Winthrop. Marquette's there. open. Yeah, they're go. they're getting Moser though, right? Yeah, the guy from Loyola. Yeah. See, that's what I was saying. I said no matter what happens. See, now that we kind of know about the last month, or I do, and I'm, you and I, can, we're, we're, like, subtly talking about it, but if you can pick up what we're putting down, like, whatever. Um, like, now that we know that candidates have been in contact over the last, really, maybe two, three weeks or a month, like, there's no telling how far along they are. I know I've already said that some next hire could be coming the next couple weeks, but uh, I said that. I was like, man... He's going to say no, but you have to call Moser, right? Like, you have – if you're Oklahoma, you have to make that call, right? Yeah, you absolutely do, not just because of what he's done at his program, but, like, it's you're opening the recruiting grounds. like To the Northwest, Midwest? Yeah. Like, you're, you're no longer having to rely on the lawn special, which is – uh, great players, great athletes who you project that hopefully can be great players out of the state of Texas. So, I know we're no. Let's 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 keep on with this, and I'll ask Brady here in a sec. I know he's got a quaint, keen eye. It's magic. Uh, oh, okay. So, as people know, and we'll get right back to it. That I don't do. I don't know much about the uh, technological side of this. I'm still working to do that. So, whenever they start looking eye wide eyed like that, I get worried. Um, over over something, uh, but no. Regardless, you bring up uh, you know recruiting grounds up there. I don't know necessarily that much. I just want that dude's damn attitude, mother f- God. Yeah, I mean, he walked that Loyola team didn't just walk into that game and against Illinois on su- on Sunday. They walked in and kicked their ass they from wa- the snap from cool. the sorry from the tip. They walked in and they said, "We are the best team." Correct. They Prove did. us wrong. Yes, they did. And Krupwig absolutely proved it and stuffed it in Cockburn's face. So, whoa, that came out wrong. Pause. Pause. I to, shouldn't have even bar- acknowledged it. To borrow it. from a friend. I, I didn't even acknowledge mm. what I just said. I shouldn't have. But anyways, regardless. Anyways, let's, let's also Sister Jean. Sister Jean would be great. She, maybe she'd come along. Um, she's like, what, 102, 104? Isn't there 101, like, I believe. A 101. Uh, Isn't there the a way, story that she has like, nothing to do with Loyola? Isn't that right? I, I think so. She's yeah, just she, yeah. She she, she, was she didn't even pick him to win the national championship. Oh really? Yeah. She, she had them losing to Illinois. She picked him to no. She picked him to go to the Sweet Sixteen and then lose in the Sweet Sixteen. I think. Some sister gene she is. Uh, so Peter Moser was a guy that I brought up. 
you realize, you, like, people are like, Keegan, if people that know what I'm talking about, they're like, you're dodging this. Okay, just bear with me. Um, we, I, here's we're a name. doing a good job. We're, here's, we're here's a name. Things. I, I was telling some people and talking to some people, and I talked to one guy I respected, and he said even this would have been a good idea, or this would be a good idea. Mike Anderson. He, he was at Arkansas, was at Missouri for a while. Kind of had a real tough, like, tournament draw. <laughs> like, uh, you know, if you look at it, he's only been to one Sweet 16. I think Missouri went to the Elite Eight one year. It may have been the Kim English team. Right. Um, and then they were good at Arkansas whenever he was there. They were just lack of consistency. He's up at St. John's now. He graduated from Tulsa. He knows this area great. If you, I was telling Brady and I was telling other people, like I, I've watched some St. John's games this year. Are you ready? I mean, classic Mike Anderson, full court press man, all forty minutes. It would fit into the three H's of Oklahoma basketball. Correct. It would. Shout out Eddie Rudolph for just the heart hustle, hardwood. Yes, um, it would be. It would be fantastic. So I, I threw that out there. I doubt that would even nothing would come of it. Um, Craig Smith at Utah State's another popular name. Um, for for some people. All right, all right, all I, right. Let all right. me let me toss one more name okay. in, into the fire for you. Okay. What do you feel about a, a former coach of a current Sooner player, McCaslin at North Texas? So, Mr. Grant McCaslin at North Texas. It's going to be interesting to see how this situation plays out because let's just I, I know there's other people have acknowledged this as well but let's I mean immediate right like immediately that's a name that's you know thrown out there and you know talking to you know some of the guys in the media and talking here talking to other people I don't know a lot about them right like yeah and you know this sure. and you know this I don't know half the stuff I know about basketball as I do football at this right. point. And even for the football team and basketball program. But, damn it, when it comes to big news, I typically – luckily I have some people I can talk to that know some things. So um, I don't know a lot about this guy, right? Like I, I know North Texas is a hard place to win. They don't have a history, good basketball history. They've been good. They almost beat Oklahoma last year against a good Oklahoma team. Yeah. With Mo, with Mo Gibson, have played well uh, in that game. Um you know, like they, it's kind of defense press. You know, man, a lot of, a lot of switching, a lot of pressure. Uh, it's a kind of a lot of Kelvin Sampson ish, ish s. It's fun, kinda. I mean, depending like For me, like I, like I is winning it. fun, right? Like, do yeah. you enjoy winning? Then you enjoy this kind of basketball because yeah. this is what wins in college basketball these days. You have guards that can score. You have and they're tough minded, and they rebound well. And North Texas seemed to have done that quite a bit over the last four years since Grant McCaslin has been there. Uh, believe he's a Baylor guy. Yeah, he's a Baylor guy, uh, point guard at Baylor, former Baylor assistant, and he's kind of he 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 ran the gauntlet of some of the the smaller regional schools. And to his credit, he's won at every stop along the way. So I find that to be really interesting. I'm a big like that style of basketball just speaks to me. On a, at a spiritual level, so uh, it uh, that would be my guy. But I'm not jokestickly out. McCaslin would be your guy. Yeah, he'd be my guy. I also I think uh, he's gonna be. Think he might be the guy. I also careful. Don't have 
to deal with any contracts. Whatever. I live, I live in fantasy land where I can do whatever I want. Yeah, I've got to be. I'm, I'm trying to be as careful as like as what we're saying. I know that names already been th- flowed around. I we're aware, uh, and if we're aware of that, you know, we'll we'll be aware of some other names that pop up over the next. If it's not, you know, if it's not McCaslin, we'll see what some other names that come up. But uh, and Brady's gonna be like, "Kid, you were just so direct on that," and I'll be like, "Yeah, I'm sorry." So back to Lon real quick. I wanted to wrap this up. Uh, have his record pulled up. He was 674 and 432, including a 195 and 128 performance in his 10 years at Oklahoma. 674 Division One wins are the 27th most all time. 10th most of active coaches before his retirement uh, has reached Kruger's teams since I believe seven. When did he start coaching? 76. Yes. Been in the NCAA tournament 20 times. And that's so almost half, almost 50% of the, every team that he's coached has gone the NCAA tournament. And, and the other thing too, is you have to remember that he has had to undergo a reclamation project at every single program. Almost, he's taken over. almost every, I thought it wasn't Illinois. Il- was, Illinois, Illinois was, was the, Illinois was the right. lone exception where they were just underperforming for Illinois standards. Yes. But when you talk about what UNLV was doing before he got there, Kansas State, State was Florida, mm-hmm. like all of those, Oklahoma, like that is to, to have, what do you think Lon's favorite stop was in terms of UNLV? Right, has to be. Yeah, he's going back to Vegas. Yeah, yeah. he has to, has to be the running rebels. Kruger went to sixteen, the Sweet Sixteen five times. Sorry, that was coming out really weird. <laughs> uh, so Kruger's been to the Sweet Sixteen five times. Sorry, uh, the round of thirty-two destination wedding popped up there. Anyways, uh, so he was OU's fourteenth head coach. Um. The program was 27 and 36 when he took over. And that's what I want to talk over next. Because Kruger, I tweeted this out today, right? Like, the program with Capel, like, they had their first rough year with Lawn his first year. Then they went to the tournament in his second year. Uh, Roe Osby, former Oklahoma hero, Roe Osby. People disrespect Roe Osby. This team needed. Dude, Osby. a guy like that, no this, doubt. If this team had Osby, they uh, they'd be really good. They, they're not having to play Gonzaga in the second round. No, um, don't know why Lon went away from that. It was so successful. You just felt like you never got that guy again. Because like, and again, like let's get uh, we're gonna get into the whole Lon, but the program was before he came here. I know we're tough on on we're close coming up here on tw- about thirty minutes on this topic, but. Um, this lawn as the program when he got here and when he's leaving, it's it's so nine day like because I was obviously following OU basketball closely during that time period, and just the way the Tommy Mason Griffin era uh, ended, Tiny Gallon, all that, and the Jeff Capel era ended, just burning, crash, everything, and up in flames. Willie Warren ducking Blake Griffin only to get drafted by the Clippers. Yeah, no, and then uh, so. The program's in such better shape. So if a guy like Grant McCaslin or Paul Mills or Mark Turgeon, whoever it may be, takes his program over, I mean, you're keeping some of the guys in town and a couple pieces in the transfer portal from having a roster capable of competing and being a top 25 team next year. And yeah, that's, for and, sure. And for really anybody that can ask about OU basketball, Lon Kruger left this program in the shape that it needed to be in to meet the expectation. Yeah, and the other thing, too, is that you run the risk of if, if your program falls too low, even if you do happen to hit on that young up-and-coming coach who can be the great recruiter, things like that, 
Like, look at Mike Boynton. It took this year at Oklahoma State, year four, right, for him to finally, and the best player in the country, for him to finally go 500 in conference play because that is where he had to pull Oklahoma State out of. A different program, a program that's not as patient, and I'm not saying Oklahoma would be this, like doesn't stick with a guy like Boynton for that long when the results on the court look like they're going in a different direction as far as your record goes. So like it, it becomes one of those situations that you can find the right guy and it could be the wrong time for him because your program is just in such a ditch. And so Lon Kruger has been that guy that, yeah, maybe it's stagnated, sure, fine, whatever, but if you make the right hire – this program has every capability of being up and running and competing again for a Sweet 16 bid here in two or three seasons. Absolutely, yeah, and I'm, I'm with you. Um, I, I think that this is a, a roster, even with the experience on it, it's still there's some young pieces there that they got, they have some chances to work with. I, I even threw this out there. Like, like Davion Horman, Mo Gibson, Elijah Harkless, uh, Jalen Hill, Victor Wukor. Like, if you – I was jokingly saying that, like, hell, if you put a lineup out there like that and you pressed all game and just ran and ran and ran and, and they have enough shooting with with uh, with Gibson and Harmon, um, you know, I th- I th- again, you, you plug a big man in there instead of Victor Wukor and you're you're talking 6'7", 6'6", 6'2", Gibson 6'2", 6'3", 6'1". He – what he might he might be listed at that Gibson's about yeah, six foot. He's about, about six, six foot? foot. Okay, he's about six foot tall. Okay, so yeah, and then Horman. I mean, you you, you kind of got positionless group that can play on the wing. Um, you can do this, you can do that. So if the program's in much better shape um, than it was when Lon got here. Um, final take here. One, like just overall, just how do you feel about? what the job that they've done, the where Oklahoma's heading, the future. Um, what's, what's your final takeaway on Long Kruger retiring? Uh, it's, it's one of those situations that I know we're always going to roll our eyes when it goes back to this, but it feels like you could be potentially in a Bob Stoops-style situation. You make the right hire right here, and the foundation is laid that you just get one, two, two good years of recruiting in, and you could be looking back and going, wow, so blessed this program is. To, to have been left in that situation. Now, you make the wrong hire, sure, it goes south, all that. But uh, they're in the right spot to – I know that Brady's used the the uh, image of a phoenix to, to rise out of the ashes. I don't really think they're in ashes. But uh, the, Lon Kruger left him in a great spot with a great foundation to uh, get back to a Sweet 16 and some Final Four contention every once in a while. He's been a great – person for the American Cancer Association, I believe, or Society, um, whichever. He's done great shout work. shout out Coaches vs. Cancer. Coaches vs. Cancer. Um, he's been great in the community. I know he helped out a lot during, you know, tornadoes. Um, and Dealt with Jerry Ramsey over and over had again. Had to deal with Jerry Ramsey. That's, yeah, definitely true. believe, is he in the hall? He's in the hall, right? I, I don't think he's in the... I think he's an a hall, not not the, the hall not yet. The hall yet. Yet, so he will be a future hall of famer. Um, hey, Kelvin Sampson said it. He will be. No, for sure, he should be. Um, so it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be interesting to see where Oklahoma goes with this. We we have an idea if you've picked up on that. So we have reached about I believe forty minutes into this podcast. Indeed. Um, so this is where I'm going to remind you. Go follow the pod, like the podcast page on Facebook. Um, you go leave us a review. Five-star ratings and reviews are great. We love them. If you don't like it, tell us why. I will t- 
Definitely read it. Still leave five stars, though. And if you want to, yes. Um, we have a Patreon page that most of you all are aware of. It's patreon.com slash through the keyhole. Cut, cut to the chase here. I've tried to keep you guys as updated as the Patreon people as much as I possibly can on what's been happening the last three weeks, which most of you guys, some of you have reached out and, and said thank you for that. Things are coming to a head here. So we will be diving into the lovely world of Kennedy Brooks, as I promised a couple weeks ago, and uh, David Aguayo over uh, for your Friday film review, which will be great. And I'm, I'm excited. I can't wait to just steal Keegan's takes and tweet about on Twitter and sound smart. Have you noticed any of that? Uh, I've noticed a couple. It's out there. Uh, people that know that now. It's around. All right, so let, let's get into this. Um, we've gone through the trivia question. For those that maybe have missed it or have skipped through the Lon Kruger part, I do want to allow you guys to have an opportunity. Lon Kruger's first job was at UT Pan American. What is UT Pan American now? And I cannot believe Ryan Chapman doesn't know this because that was my trivia question coming in because I figured Brady it would like we'd be able to know and then get, get, get into Kruger and it'd be a great fact, but – um. Yeah, gosh, dang it! I was about to get right into, and I just remembered some basketball talk. Did want to say, uh, Carlin Hartman is interviewing at other places. Um, so let's see where that goes. And I know another podcast reported this. Another website has. I can confirm that. Um, and then we'll see what this roster turnover looks like. Uh, so with that being said, we're gonna get right in the Lincoln Riley presser. We'll finish it up. We got about fifteen minutes here. Chandler Morris, Mister. Uh, Chandler Morris. Transfers from Oklahoma to TCU. Did it after his freshman season. He's aware of what the transfer rules are. Oklahoma's aware of what the transfer rules are, Ryan. Gary Patterson says Oklahoma hasn't released him from his NLI. NLI, yes. National letter of intent, not name, image, and likeness. We need to we need to figure something else we out. We do. How one, of those, you. one of those has got to go. We need to call nil. Yeah. Call it nil. Yeah. yeah. What, regardless, Gary Patterson. People, there's a big mix-up here. Oklahoma's not blocking him from anything. Like, Oklahoma's not blocking him. They're just they're not just, releasing see, him. They're just not releasing him from his NLI, which TCU technically has his NLI rights, but not completely yet because the transfer process isn't over. So I'm going to lay the facts out here. The NCAA says at this point, interconference, uh, like, yes, or recommendations or whatever, right, guidelines, is that inter- interconference transfers are not, like, are not, encouraged it's the pirates code right so the big 12 adopts what the ncaa does well it's the big 12 rule is that if you transfer within conference that you have to sit out of year um it used to be until baker mayfield was around that you lost a year of eligibility um so we can thank joe castiglione bob stoops everybody for baker mayfield's last year which then allowed guys to not lose a year he just has to sit and take a red shirt which he can do that which is fine um, the Morrises do not. The Morrises want immediate eligibility because uh, it's uh, they think the rule is going to change, so why not go ahead and do it now? Lincoln Riley then on Wednesday, Gary Patterson said his quote on Monday. Lincoln Riley on Wednesday <laughs> then was asked about it, and he said this. Yeah, I mean, I would I would first say on it, you know, this this particular situation for us is about something that we believe in uh, uh, myself the leadership here at OU we think it's unhealthy for college football uh, to encourage intra-conference transfers um, now that doesn't mean that we're against 
people being able to transfer to other institutions, any other institution we want. I think that's a, that rule obviously has been changed. I think it was a good rule to change. And, you know, now players could have the ability and freedom as they should to be able to go to any school they want. But I do think the interconference can complicate things. And I think there's I, I, the world of coaches understand the big picture and understand all the that's going to bring along a lot of negatives that I just don't know that we want in this game. And uh, so uh, that's something that we've been adamantly opposed to, you know, for, for a long time. I mean, you uh, it's, and you know, I, I, I get the landscape is changing. We're certainly watching that and, and we'll, we'll adapt as the world changes, but this, this has nothing to do with uh, that, with, with, the person Chandler Morris. Chandler Morris did a tremendous job here. He's a terrific young man. He's got a great family. Um, sure, I hated to see him go. Uh, you never want you know players to to leave your program, but I know he's going to a good program there with Coach Patterson, and and I, I really do. I wish the kid all the best. I, I to illustrate the point, I had another you know freshman in the same class that left and went to a Pac-12 school, and we released him right away. For the same reason, I just I, I don't I don't believe that you ought to be able to transfer in conference and be immediately eligible to play. I think that I think we've got to discourage that. Again, doesn't mean you can't choose to go to another school, go to any school you want. That's your freedom, and we get it. And so, I, now how long will that last? I mean, obviously that's that's kind of in in it, it's a fluid situation right now. A lot of those decisions are being made, and we've made the choice to to take a step back to see how all this unfolds on a national level, on a conference level. And we're certainly going to be open-minded about it. Uh, but again, the, the, the person, the, the name on it is meaningless to us. The, 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 it's about something we stand for. And I just think, I know there's been a lot of positive rule changes again, you know, but guys being able to transfer wherever they want, I think being one of them that have, that have helped the game and have helped athletes. And I'm a thousand percent for that, but I also, when there's something that we believe is going to make the game worse, I, I, I don't want to just do the politically correct thing every single time and just sit back and say, okay. And so this is something that we believe in. I get that some people are going to disagree with that. Some people are going to agree with that. I, I get it. Um, but this is just a core belief that we have. And uh, so we're going to let this thing, our plan is just to let this play out and let some of these rules solidify and we'll, we'll, you know, be open to, to watching it and seeing how it unfolds. Okay, so Lincoln, all he's doing at this point is grandstanding. He knows the rule is going to get changed. Everybody knows the damn rule is going to get changed. He's just voicing his displeasure over it, and unfortunately to Chandler, which he made in the quote you just listened to, he made progress on uh, – or Chandler, you know, he didn't want to use, he didn't want Chandler to feel like that, you know, this was a personal attack against him. Um, this was a, this is just something that core belief they believe in. I'm going to touch on maybe what you're thinking of real quick in just a second. So that's what's happened so far. Part of this is some people talking about tampering, right? Like Oklahoma's not happy with how quickly things happened with Chandler Morris. We talked about this on Tuesday, Ryan. You listened and heard me say this. Oklahoma has no right to be upset about tampering. They have no right to be upset. That's a fact. So I'm laying out the facts here that Oklahoma has no right to be. If they could be upset about the rule all they want, we can agree. We can talk about the rule all we want. 
So there's the facts of the situation. Oklahoma's in their situation. Oklahoma and Chandler Morris is in his. It's all shitty. It's not fun for anybody. Uh, and Ryan, I'm going to leave the floor to you. What you heard in the quote from Lincoln, you were in part of the press conference, as well as your thoughts on maybe the rule. Yeah, here's my thing. Look, these are two coaches that are going to bat for what's in the best interest, they believe, of their program. Uh, Gary Patterson, by the way, got caught in an uh, article. I was, I was about to say, because all you have to do is everyone says, if the roles are reversed, what would you believe? Well, Gary Patterson is on record as being anti-open season transfers, all that stuff. All of a sudden, he wants the immediate eligibility. Why? Because that benefits Gary Patterson and TCU right now in this instance. It, look, it is what it is what it is. I, I understand both sides of the argument. And may, maybe this is bad, Keegan. Maybe this is just me being too unoriginal. I just don't care. I'm with you. It, the rule's going to change. Like The rule's going to change. And when it does, it won't be an issue. It won't. It and won't. for now... And for now, everyone knows the rule. So this is Gary Patterson doing his part to get the rule changed that he's going to be annoyed by in two years when he gets quoted in a press conference because it happens to him. And Lincoln Riley is happy or is unhappy right now until three years from now when insert breakout star from West Virginia at the safety spot wants to say, I want to come to OU and play, and I want to do it next year, and the Sooners get a big piece or just a hypothetical here or there, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, it just – I just don't care. So, like, here's the thing, too, on that. People said the same thing about the transfer portal, right? Like, maybe maybe it's early and it happens in the next five years to a certain someone that and I have talked about this. Maybe it does happen. I'll give you that. Maybe it's too early to have this take or this thought on the transfer portal and that process. Everybody said the G5s and the mid-majors would liquidate that we would all the major powers of college football would just take and pluck from these rosters and this and that. It hasn't been like that. No, what these guys have done is they've continued to recruit and land top five, top ten recruiting classes the elite schools have. They don't need to pluck a bunch of guys. I can think, again, two instances off the top of my head right now on the portal that were impact guys that moved from a lower conference. Jabril Cox went from North Dakota State to LSU last year. He's going to be an NFL linebacker, and I'm going to mess up this. Uh, I want to say Ebeniza Ize or Abina Ize. That's it. Went from Memphis to TCU, the left tackle. Like, that's the two instances off the, that I could, for a person that follows this stuff on a daily basis, that's it with the portal. So I don't see it even like, I know you're bringing that up, like, it could work out in Oklahoma's favor, but I don't even see it, like, I don't see it being a big issue even down the line. Well, ask SMU how they feel about the portal and how they've been raised. Oh, no, SMU's built their roster. Oh. Oh. Oops. Oh, sorry. My bad. So I will say, this is obviously Brady's side of this, is that this is not good for the sport. Um, I agree. Like, again, like, like what we're saying is we understand what's coming. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm not going to get sit here and up in arms about a transfer rule that, one, we don't know what's going to be the end result of it. We don't know if there's going to be liquidation of the Kansas States, Iowa States. And, like, if that's the case, like, why hasn't Brees Hall transferred to OU? Right. Why, why did Brees Hall and Deuce Vaughn not say, Eric Gray, you just, just stay, stay put, exactly. go somewhere else? Exactly. So I don't see it being that big of an issue down the line. Now, it can be, and I understand what could come of that, of the rule change, right, when it does. But at the end of the day, like you said, 
Now, we're outraged because of the outrage. That's what's my favorite part about Twitter is that we can get outraged over the outrage. It's a free app, We guys. can cancel over the cancel. And we it's can, perfect. It's great. It's, it's perfect. And we can sit here on a podcast and talk about it. But at the end of the day, this rule is going to get changed. And Lincoln's just saying, guys, we need to think about this. That's all this is. And here's the deal. Rules can change again. They can. You go five years, and if the doomsday scenario of OU and Texas absorbing every single star player to ever come out of any other Big 12 school happens, I think an 8-2 to two vote wins. I agree. I agree. So I'm with you. It is what it is. And maybe, again, maybe that's lazy by me, but I'm just like, I'm sorry, guys. I just, I just can't be chuffed about it. We went in a full in-depth conversation on Chandler Moore's situation on Tuesday's Patreon pod that I would absolutely suggest to anybody and everybody, and I know that I'm biased towards that, but I'm dead serious, and I know Ryan would agree. I would suggest it, too. You guys got me to and from Indianapolis. Yes, and I, I think it was it – was, it was, it, we went over everything possible in this scenario. Every angle. Every, everything. So we're going to pass over real quickly. Um, we've got about 10 minutes here. We're going to dive into the rest of this. Marvin Mims will be used more, according to Lincoln Riley, or should have been used more in 2020. Are you surprised that he admitted that? No. I'm a little bit. A little bit. I, I feel like if it were in the fall, yes. But I feel like in the spring where there's no imminent threat of moving into games and then your feet are going to get held to the fire because you said after the two-lane game you wanted to do this and then it didn't happen and, and you didn't necessarily lose a game but almost lost a game. I just feel like we get a slightly more – like Lincoln's always going to be polished and he's always going to be in the spin zone. That's fine. He's a head coach at a program. I get it. But I feel like we get s- just a little bit more just frankness and, and reflection and uh, more thoughtful retrospectiveness in the spring. So it didn't really surprise me, especially from a guy that he's like, please, take that next step forward and lead that room. It's a room that he was you know, a little more critical of. So with Marvin Mims, is going to be he is not in the case here. But I want you to think about this, Ryan. You haven't heard me say this. You have, but not to this extent. But... We're heading into spring, and we're going to dive into a lot more about the spring next week. But they're in an interesting situation, a wide receiver, to where, you, I mean, I'm just going to name four guys. Theo Weiss, Marvin Mims, Jane Hazelwood, Trenton Bridges. Only three of those guys are going to be on the field. <laughs> yeah. Tough sledding. Like, yeah. good luck, like, figuring that out. And um, we'll get into a little bit of Trenton Bridges here in just a sec. But, I mean – Yes, he does need to be used more, but it's going to be interesting because they love getting two tight ends on the field. They, they've been to two tight end on the field team for the last two years. Sorry, Jeremiah Hall. Now, okay, guess what? You've got Jeremiah Hall, Austin Stogner, Braden Wilson, Mikey Henderson. Someone's gonna, two people are going to be the odd man out there. There's going to be a rotation of five guys whenever the season comes around of who are your main guys. And this is the spring that's going to figure that out. Well, and, and two, if Spencer Rattler takes the step forward he needs to take, you think the, he hopped in Teddy Lehman's DMs after what he said this <laughs> week? Uh, I'm going to sidestep that. Okay. Uh, if Spencer Rattler takes the step forward he ne- he needs to take, it's going to be even harder to force feed the football to one person because he's just going to be seeing the field better. Because like there were opportunities for all these guys. Y- you covered it extensively that that Rattler just missed mm-hmm. last season. If that is the case, then like, good luck just pointing out one guy and saying you you're the one mm-hmm. because the way that the offense works the way that it should work the way that we saw it work with baker and, and even better with kyler like 
You're going to have your Lee Morris that's randomly going to pop up because he's the beneficiary of so many great players on the field. Not saying Lee Morris is not great, but when you've got a quarterback that can find the open man, it doesn't matter if you're Marvin Mims. It doesn't matter if you're Drake Stoops. It doesn't matter if you're Obi Obiallo slotting in there somehow, some way. Like, if you're open, the quarterback should and will find you. Speaking of Spitzer Rattler, he spoke for the first time this spring, yesterday. Still the sticker on the hat. Not a big fan of that. A sticker on the hat guy. Yeah. Again, I told you I had some Colin Cowherd takes. I could have that, come on. That's here. about well, as Colin Cowherd as I get. Is I I don't like stickers on the hat. Yeah. Well, Sam Howell hasn't eaten steak or a burger, so well, good. that's a that's another problem. Anyway, Spencer Rattler did talk this week. He talked about his first spring ball as a Sooner. I'm gonna plug this here again. Brady will play the audio from there. Um. It's kind of funny because this is my first spring ball, my first official spring ball you know, as a player here. Um, so just, you know, that being that, it's going to give me a lot more time to improve my body, improve my mental game, improve my eating, all that stuff. But, you know, offseason wise, I, I, I've been, you know, making jumps, um, feel stronger, feel faster, uh, put on some weight up to 210 now, uh, lost a couple percent body fat, still got to, you know, work on that, of course. But um, I got to sharpen up in all, all different places. So. I still got work to do and still have goals I, I need to make. I don't know, and this is not a disrespect to Spencer Rattler or anything, but I don't feel like this is groundbreaking. I don't feel like this is any of the sort. Like I, I think that the conversations that I like to listen to from guys like you um, like kind of cover this extensively last year, that like if you like what you're seeing, buckle in, because these mistakes, they can be fixed. They can get better. They can improve. He just needs that one-on-one coaching with Lincoln Riley that you get in the spring, that development you get where you're not game planning on X team or Y team, where it's just a more general, hey, this is what you need, this is what you want to do. Uh, some of the other stuff he said about, like, Trajan Bridges, that's really interesting, things like that. So uh, maybe it's not he, – he just said the things that, like, I want to hear, I guess, but it's not like I needed to hear it because I just assume, like, we have built up enough trust. Lincoln Riley's built up enough equity in that – we understand what he's going to do with Spencer this spring. And it's more of just, I can't wait to see what happens on the field. And yeah, I think he, again, we're, we're going to see, we're going to know more throughout the spring, his quotes. And I've said this, how his quotes work and translate throughout the spring and how he feels. We're going to have a better idea of through his quotes than we will from anything that we see from anything um, in terms of his maturity and his growth as a player. Uh, because I, th- I think we saw that from, you know, let's, say uh i want to say baker but baker's you could tell as he got more comfortable the more comfortable he got with the media um and i again i <laughs> i think there's parts of spencer that doesn't like being asked about some of this stuff and he's going to be i mean the nfl draft process is starting right now and i mean from here until next april he is fighting for being qb1 of the nfl draft being the number one like Pick. I'm not just QB one, but just pick one. Number one pick in the draft. Uh, he did talk about Seth McGowan. I didn't take a lot of stock in it. I mean, I don't care what Spencer Rattler thinks about his weight room performance. He's throwing around a bunch of weight. We know that. Like, look at Seth McGowan. He's going to throw around a bunch of weight in the weight room. Like, I hate to be that way and kind of be an asshole about that. But, uh, no, I, I – so look, uh, everybody, everybody knows that guy at the gym that looks incredible – on the bench, looks incredible throwing all that stuff around. And then and then you play with that guy in a pickup game or something, and you're just like, there is no functionality here. I'm not saying that Seth McGowan's that guy, but 
Weight room's great. Show it to me on the football field, and then I'll go back retroactively and say signs were there. I will buy any Seth McGowan stock that's out there for anybody, just in case anybody's got some left. I'm, I'll take it in case you, yeah, in case go. anybody wants it. I'll, I'll, I'll buy the rest of it. Go for uh, it. Trenton Bridges was also mentioned by Spencer Rattler in terms of the chemistry that they have. I think that's interesting because he mentioned outside, right? Like, yeah. Riley, after that press conference, probably slapped him on the hands and was like, what the f*** are you doing? Another PR meeting? God. Can't be leaking our information like that. I uh, think it's interesting. I don't think he's going to be... Can't be telling Chandler any of that stuff. No, yeah. Yeah, yeah Trenton was working inside last year. Spencer. God. No, I'm kidding. Uh, no, I think it's interesting. I think that that's the part I took away from the quote was that, you know, Spencer said he's working outside. He's going to be lined up anywhere. Him and Hazelwood and Bims will be lined up. It doesn't matter. Um, They've all got that skill set. They do. Uh, but I think it's interesting that Rattler did bring up their chemistry uh, because it's, it's, it's something that's going to be important, um, especially to build throughout this spring. They, they were together at the Elite 11 um, at the opening finals. They have a bunch together. I'm going to roll through this real quick, uh, Ryan. we got just a little bit of time here. A uh, little bit of, of camp talk, just a little bit. We got about two to three minutes. Going here. camping, baby. Okay, so you were able to see Talon Shetron. Yes, Shetron. He went out there. He didn't have a ton of reps, which I was surprised by. But guys, Shetron at the Under Armour Dallas. This was a great collection of both wide receiver and corner talent. Shetron laid down a marker that he is as good as any of those guys. I fully expect him to wind up with his fifth star uh, by the end of all this, and it's well deserved. I have also heard the same thing. You were able to talk to Demetrius Hunter, who is a guy that I'm extremely intrigued by, had a good performance out at the camp. Yeah, he's a guy that strikes off. He just, he's very intelligent, I feel like. He gets the process. He grasps all of that. Unfortunately, due to some of the time restrictions with the offensive lineman, we didn't really get to see a ton of them rep. So I didn't get to see him. The one rep I did see of him, he was working on the outside, which I just don't put a ton of stock in. No, he's a guard. Yeah, he's a guard, center. Uh, it, either one of those. So it's one of those things like he got roasted on his one rep on the outside, but he was playing a rush. He was, he was like repping against a Russian. Like that's not going to go well for him. A name a lot of people are going to get familiar with, Ryan Chapman, Jontae Cook. Yes, Jontae Cook. Uh, if, for those of you that follow this out there, he's the one that put out on Twitter that uh, when he got the offer, OU's his dream school. Uh, he loves Oklahoma, loves a lot about him. The thing I liked about him the most, he was impressive, obviously, physically. His routes were pretty polished. I think there's a little ways to go on that, but not like a thing of area of concern. The biggest thing I got for him is that he was more than willing. Like, he wanted to be the first guy repped every single time. He wanted to get as many reps in as possible. He just wanted to get out there and compete, and that's not always a given, and I, I just love that when I see that in somebody. So... W- w- Getting a little quick here, uh, Jalen Hale's another guy that was down there at the Armored Dallas. Uh, Ryan and I talked before coming on. There's a lot of momentum there, people. I can say if I say if I'm saying that from my end and I've heard it, then uh, it's it, there's a lot to it. Ryan has some more on that. Yeah, I can tell you this. I specifically asked some of the OU commits. Got to talk to Shetron, um, Pancake Hunter, Demetrius Hunter, and then Jason Llewellyn, the tight end from Alito. I asked all of them, hey. You're out here, a lot of top guys. Is there anyone that the coaches were saying, hey, let's get some working on? Uh, Hale's name came up three times with all three of those guys. Interesting, right? It's weird, so, weird how that yeah, works out. It's weird out. how that all works out. Yeah. That uh, They talk to the coaching staff every day, and, and they straight up said they want me to look at Hale. So. 
There is a, a couple more guys. Ish Smith, he was able to see down at the under camp. We both talked. We were kind of, eh, we'll see. Like, we'll see how Oklahoma attacks yeah. that over the next. He worked out at running back. I just don't He worked out at running back, I and he said it. that uh, OU Texas A&M, that's what the three teams super interested. All of them looking at him an outside linebacker, but he's going to have to put on so much onto his frame. Seeing him. Like the frame is there, he's just so like six three two hundred, right? Six yeah. four two hundred. I hate to scrawny's not the right word, but he definitely is going to have to uh, get compact. Jacob Sexton's a guy that Ryan has talked to. Didn't get the chance to see him down in Dallas. However, I've heard a lot of great things about Jacob Sexton. It's going to be an OU Texas battle probably at the end of the day because of Kyle Flood and the relationship Sexton had with him. Grew up a, I believe, Texas fan which is going to make things interesting. However, I don't see him leaving the Sooner State, Ryan. Yeah, his father, Texas fan, but uh, for what it's worth, he said that his father's not putting any extra pressure. I know that that's the company line, but take, take it what you will. Also a guy that is very, very, very uh, serious about his wrestling career. So anyone knows wrestling can do a whole lot for you on the offensive line room. And uh, talked a ton, talked a ton about OU and Oklahoma State. A lot of that Oklahoma State talk was unprompted. So uh, I get a great feeling, uh, as well as you, that Sooner State, he'll be inside the confines. Yes, you will. We are at Vanessa House. It's on Northwest 8th and Broadway. Again, you can please, please go like our Facebook page. Please go subscribe to the podcast on Apple, whatever service that you use. Tell people to do it. Uh, leave a five-star rating and review if you like. I promise you. you, It would help us if you continue to do that. But if you want to leave a, something less, let me know. Check. My DMs are open. I promise you. I'll have that conversation. Tell me how much an idiot I am. No, uh, Patreon. Uh, we also have a Patreon page, patreon.com slash through the keyhole. Um, have some really good film reviews coming up. Finally able to uh, get over the hump a little bit. I'll have some news to share. That's Ryan Chapman. See you guys at Radios Ryan, allsooners.com. At Keegan Renault. Do the Keegan Renault thing. This is me. Brady's right there. If you guys know the answer to my trivia question I asked throughout this podcast, please let me know. We will discuss it uh, when Brady has a chance to talk about lawn next Thursday on the uh, – see if a coach is hired by then. What do you think, Coach Tom, do you think Coach is going to be hired by April 1st? I know I, you don't have look, as good of a feel as I do. Yeah, I, I don't have as good a feel as you do, but uh, just outside looking in – all the moving parts on this team, it could be really good the, the, as fast as you can get a coach in. And I think all, everyone's on the same page with that, so it'll, it shall be interesting. We'll update you guys next week on kind of where we're at on the basketball or situation. You can also probably get updates on the Patreon page or on our Patreon pod next Tuesday. Um, this is the Inside OU Podcast. That's Ryan Chapman. I'm Keegan Renault. Brady's behind the bar. Don't worry. He's okay. Um, and we'll see you guys next week.